You are listening to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MSP Ignite. MSP Ignite offers a peer group experience that is unique to managed service providers in the technology industry. If you are serious about implementing a model for success through sharing and collaboration of best practices, this is the best way to do it. Head on over to msp-ignite.com to get more information. All right, on to the show. Good, I can hear you. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Matt Horning of Blue Tree, Blue Tree Technology. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, thank you. Hey, so uh, we've had a discussion recently on a town hall where you and I disagreed with each other, um, which is probably good because if we always agreed with each other, then no change would ever happen and we would live in a utopia and that would not be cybersecurity. So I, to let the listeners know, our little conversation of sort of disagreement was around basically an MSP's understanding of cybersecurity in the products and services that they use both to secure themselves and then in theory that that would get applied to their clients. And I had made the comment that security is about protecting the data. So that doesn't necessarily equate to all things have to be protected the same way. I believe the disagreement that we are having is that for the most part, should we leave it up to MSPs to make a decision around something that has so much liability attached to it, where they would be maybe not holding everybody to the same level, hence getting a compromise? Is that a fair way to phrase our disagreement? I think so. I, I think what we were discussing was being able to segment out and price differently across the client, right? So sure. you were saying if you know if you have a an environment of 10 desktops and a server, and out of those 10 desktops, you know, five of them are kiosks that have no data on them, and the other five have data on them and the server that realistically you're you really want to focus in on the five and not the, the five kiosks. Right. So the the point of the matter is that that makes sense. I mean, from a if you're if you're running a a corporate network and you are the king of the, the castle, so to speak, um, that makes total sense. You're 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 there a lot, so you get a chance to pay attention to and um, maintain all the machines in the network. And if there's something that happens probably would know about it sooner you know some oddball guy walks in and uses a kiosk you would you probably recognize that sure in the msp world we don't have that luxury for the most part usually we're not on site usually we don't see that computer and there's another layer on top of this if you're in a corporate world who is the person that gets who, take, who takes responsibility for all 10 machines well the business does the corporate environment does well, since, you know, the breaches we've had in the MSV world over the last, what, 24 months? Yeah, um, or even the last six. Yeah, even, you know, even really recently, we're, we're having to think this through on how does, how does not securing the whole network 
put us at a disadvantage legally. Sure. Um, moving forward. And unfortunately, I think there's a large number of MSPs out there, and I would count myself as this. You know, I started my MSP world. You know what? I just wanted to help my, my customers. I, I, I'm here to make sure you're up and running. And, you know, I, mean, I think most MSPs are like that. Right. We all, we all came to the conclusion that we could feasibly do this better than the company we were either working for as a corporate IT person or feasibly working for another MSP that we didn't really agree with their approach and felt that we could do it better. Correct. And, and usually if, you know, if, if anyone's, you know, read, you know, there's many books out there, but you know, the um, E-Myth Revisited comes to oh, mind. Yeah. You know, yep. Most, most, MS, you know, MSP would be a technical um, job. Good, you know, good at working technology. in the business, not necessarily on the business. On the business, exactly. So, yeah. you know, we, we, we are in that demographic that starts businesses. And so from a technology, techno, techni, technology technician point of view, we have the ability to know, quote unquote, what's best for our customer. But you know what? We don't necessarily set the boundary well, and we let the customer dictate what security they actually need when we know it's not what they need. Right. Well, the budget or well, whatever. Yeah. So this gets into the the theme that we've kind of had with with do the right thing, and and I think that there's two two key components that. I think had we had the conversation about this before we decided we were disagreeing with each other, we might have not disagreed at all. And that is security, <laughs> security versus compliance or security and compliance or security with compliance. And I had it explained to me a while ago that basically said compliance is evidence to validate the security of your environment, right? It's a, it's a snapshot in time. You check the box on that date. And Correct. I think it's in many cases, we get caught up or hung up on the idea that because I am compliant, I am therefore secure. And I think to your point, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I am focused truly on the security side, I am regularly going to be at conflict with the idea that I'm just that I'm compliant because some things compliancy doesn't necessarily mean security, right? So if my data has to always be accessible, uh, you could very easily interpret that literally as it's being written and suddenly access to that data is putting all of that data at risk of being compromised, right? So yeah. if I think about an MSP is responsible for more than one client, in fact, I would, if, if you're in business as an MSP, you probably have way more than one client, but but when I think about security, I can't say because you're a, a pediatrician and you've got your own practice versus a you know manufacturing plant. I have to have a set criteria in advance uh, that says this is the security minimum that we're going to put your environment in. Compliance may come into play after that, but if I don't do it to a certain level, then any one of those clients is my compromise from an entire organization yeah we're, we're we're back to the weakest link right yeah yeah so you know if you have a client that will not adopt any type of security 
you know, they're the client that runs out to Sam's Club and buys, you know, semantic off the shelf. And you're keeping them as a client. How is that fair to your clients that are paying you to manage their networks and to secure them? And if that client gets 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 compromised in a way that somehow it gets back into your network. And I'm not going to go into the technology of, you know, well, I've got layers and VPNs and yeah. relevant. If, if you can't have a standard wrapped around that, it covers everything. Yeah. I know you have 10 machines. I know five of them are kiosks. I know they're super low on, on um, the risk to your internal network, but you are not willing to have us put it on a VLAN or to segregate those machines off or put our minimum security standards in place across your whole network. We have to seriously look at that as from a business point of view, do we A, want to keep them as a client or B, are they teachable? And this is a budget thing, you know, Hey, yeah. I can't do it now, but you know, in three months we should be able to get the whole network. That's some, that's a different that's a different discussion than someone that is just, you know, they're just not going to do it. The, the negligence and ignorance are bliss until, you know, proven otherwise. Right. Uh, well, yeah, you, you, it, everybody's friends until, you know, legal cases drop, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, oh man, we're, we're buddies. We're going to be just fine until, you know, you get served with papers and you know, what's not, I don't know if MSPs are understanding this, you know, they're, I talk, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I talk to other MSPs and, and, you know, if you're not reviewing your MSA and probably on a annually at the very least basis yep. wrapped around what's, what's coming out um, and understanding that, by a client by going with you and you not explicitly explaining to them that there's limits to their life that to your liability right you're having clients that are signing up with you and because you have a really weak msa that you haven't you haven't gone through and spent the time to make sure that master service agreement is exactly worded you know the way it should be for your your state um, you're putting your client in a better legal position working with you than if they went directly with the vendor. Right. Well, this is ultimately in, in managed services. And, and I think I, I know when I had my MSP, I was guilty of this too. My, my MSA basically said that, you know, we were covering everything, right? It was like unlimited support. It was unlimited everything. And, and yeah. the reality is I am a live human person All and in. I am finite. Yeah. And, and I think, so in hindsight, when when we started, maybe that was okay in, in some of those cases. You yeah, you potentially were losing money. But when we when we talk managed services and, and the the nature of going back five to ten years of when managed services was really about making sure your laptop worked and you you could print and those things that were really operational type functions, um, that was relatively easy to to manage as an MSP because we put stuff in place to make that not really rely so much on the person. But you fast forward to the security side of this. And when, when I put in, like when I do a CISO contract with someone, it's less about what's included. And it's very much more about what is not included. Like this yeah. does not cover the following 12 things which have, and, and this is where I think we, we fail too, is we can say that we exclude something, 
Um, but it doesn't mean we don't offer it. So if we do offer it and it's excluded from their agreement to state that if you were to engage on these things, there is a fee attached to it and actually include it in there because I don't know how many times someone said, well, I, I wanted, I need to have this done. And I, I realized that it's not part of the MSA. Can you go ahead and do it? And you're like, well, yeah, but that'll be an added fee. And then you send them an invoice and they're like, well, I wasn't planning on that. It's like, crap. I didn't do a good job on that crap. That's not their fault. So th this comes yeah. back to what you were saying earlier. Um, I'll take this directly from, I think more of the, the blue tree uh, stance is you guys do with your prospects and your clients, you guys do, if I, if I recall, you do an assessment and, and kind of figure out what the overall security health is of their organization, right? Yep. So if, if you scored my, my company as being less than a certain score, uh, you have a lot of work to do to get me up to par before you're willing to say I'm part of your portfolio of clients. Is that fair? It's somewhat fair, but also we look at it from the point of view of we've taken the decision away. Mm -hmm. You know, if our base, our base plan is going to have our security stack in it. Yep. Okay. It's going to have our security stack in it. So if you are a person of, you know, that's paying us, you know, $500 a month, yeah. or you're the person that's paying us $50,000 a month, it doesn't matter. You're going to have the same base stack in both sides. Now, the person that's paying 50 grand a month, maybe, they're, maybe they need compliance. Sure. Oh, to turn on additional layers of security. But you know what? They're probably covered with ransomware by default. Okay? Yeah. They're not by probably. They are. Right. But we're throwing in another layer to help help check their box and compliance. Here's a here's a great example. When people are talking to their their cyber insurance right now, one of the things that is asked is, do you do cyber training? It's a right. pretty common question in cyber plans right now. Or right, cyber insurance right. Plan. And a lot of people say yes and never do it. OK. So then you have, let's say an event happens and you have in your contract with your client that you're going to provide cyber training and they have some type of incident, a, they have an actual breach, you know, someone clicks on a, um, a phishing email and they actually get in the network or let's say they get into office 365 and they basically do a, a link redirection. So they grab all the invoices that is owed to this client. They send it out to their clients and say, Hey, you haven't paid, but right. click on this link pay instead. Yep. Well, now the insurance company is coming in and say, well, you have MFA in place and um, you know, all those things. And this obviously is a one-off. Let me look at what your MSP is providing for you. Oh, they're providing cyber insurance. Well, they'll pay that claim and then they'll sue the MSP because the MSP hasn't provided the cyber insurance right. or the cyber training. So your the, the point I'm getting to is that you're right. When I got into this business 20-ish years ago now, yeah, you're right. It was printing. It was making sure your laptop turned on. We defragged the hard drive. Right. Stuff Defrag. And not even in the realm of what we do now. It is, but we don't pay attention to it. But the point is that um, now it's like, wow, are you doing training? You know, am I spending the time and the effort to make sure you have training? And can I prove it when an event does happen? Because 
I come from the stance of it will happen as opposed to, oh, it won't happen. We've got 20 layers of, of cyber protection in place. So with the do the right thing mindset that we've had kind of, um, and, and we'll go into ChannelCon, the, the plan is that, you know, doing the right thing in cybersecurity is, is, is different. And so one of the things that I was curious about is, you know, thinking about what you just said with regards to insurance. I think that part of the challenges is even if the MSP does some training, is that, does that pass the test, right? Like, so if I say that uh, as an MSP, I'm providing cybersecurity training, if, if I'm providing it, what's the measuring stick to say that the, the training that I am providing passes muster, that it would stand up in front of, say, the insurance company? Because I, I just read this the other day. Uh, it, was, it was part of the cyber guidance for, for the uh, a group. It basically said that you had to provide cybersecurity training, um, and it had to be provided by a third party that specialized in that training. And I don't want to go in the rabbit hole about whether or not an MSP can do it themselves or you have to use a third party vendor because it doesn't mean that the third party vendor is any more qualified <laughs> than you are. Um, so the question that I have is, as but, a piece, yeah, go ahead. Else, let me say this. Yeah. You might be right. The third party vendor might not be more qualified, but I would almost guarantee that they're more qualified in actually documenting. Yeah. That's I fair. mean, let's let I, I I'm not I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna try and name, name drop vendors here. Sure. But, you know, let's let's look at uh, Breach Secure Now. Breach Secure Now has a little training thing that gives you a little score, and you can yep. look at data people have taken the test. Right. You, you've Honestly, got evidence to support it. Bingo. And that's that's the thing that you know, you hit the nail on the head. Is what is enough? And. How, how, does, how does the insurance company say that what we've done or haven't done, is that relevant? You know, I've talked to, you know, MSPs very recently that, you know, they're, they're in the middle of, a, of an event that an insurance company is asking them questions. In your, in your contract with this client, you said you would provide this cyber training. What was in the training? When was it done? Who was involved? Do you have written proof of this? Do you, I mean, it's a million questions wrapped around with from guys that said, Hey, I want to make sure your printer worked every time, <laughs> every time you call right. in. It's, it's a massive paradigm shift that I think, honestly, this is what keeps me up at night. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about ransomware because we have, things in place to limit that risk i'm worried about i'm worried about the the stuff that's changing in real time yeah and that's all insurance based at this time well so it's funny you say that so i've really struggled with the entire insurance space i've done multiple episodes on insurance myth busting on insurance claims you name it and one of the things that I just dealt with, and and uh, I'm not going to name drop this one because I, I, I it's I don't know that it's even neither here nor there. But what was interesting about the actual uh, questionnaire where I was supposed to articulate where I wanted to to put my coverage at questions like, you know, are you this many dollars in revenue and, and et cetera? And, and I'll touch on that one in a minute because that's actually even more comical. But what was interesting, or actually that is comical, this is not. So it had in there, and this is the first time I've seen it, the ability for me to adjust 
in my sub items, the amount of coverage I wanted per line item. So for like uh, reputation management, I could adjust the slider up and down to a dollar amount based on where I wanted to allocate more funds. And I, and I think we're going to see more of that because the actual recovery part, like to get machines re-imaged or to put data back on them for them to go back to work. I think that's going to become less and less where we need to spend dollars and the need to spend money on things like, uh, you know, monitoring of, of identity and, and those types of things is just going to continue to increase. So just because I have a million dollar policy to get new machines in there and, and rebuild everything, that may not be where I need to have dollars spent. So I thought that was yep. really interesting of what we see coming down the the uh, pike. The other one, and this one's comical. The other one was, it asked questions like, so if we're, let's just say we're under the 20 million marker and it had all these questions like, Everything from, you know, asset inventory and do you use the following tools and list off a couple of things I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I was going through and I'm like, man, these are good questions and I'm answering them. And then it goes, if you can answer yes, that you are more than $30 million, answer the following two questions. And they were, do you have uh, automated patch management in place and something else. And then the next one was like for 50 million and above. And it was like, do you have spam filtering for your email? And I'm like, okay, these aren't high cost items to implement in any organization of any size. Why would you suddenly put the requirement for these things in the category of if you make another 10 or $20 million in revenue, that you should be doing these things. And I think that's one of the things that as MSPs that are helping our clients fill out these uh, questionnaires is to actually go back and say, hey, I'd like to talk to your agent or maybe even the broker and say, hey, um, hey, how do we ask these questions better? Because I don't want to work with a client who says, well, we're not 50 million. So do we really have to do those four things? Well, I don't know if you realize this, you just you just put a massive explanation point next to insurance companies don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I don't know it the the questions they're asking are dumb. Um, they're not related to anything else that you can link to. So for example, if they did something like this, hey, question number one, do you have MFA? According to CIS rule, you know, else, yeah. you know number 1.3, whatever, sure. okay, yeah. you are doing X and we recommend, you know, are you following this standard, this framework, or you're a manufacturing, you should be following the NIST framework, according to NIST such and such, okay, you know, are, do you have this in place? They're not asking those questions. It's literally like, it's like insurance company A is calling their buddy over at insurance company B and saying, hey, uh, we're thinking about doing cyber insurance. What questions do you have? It's not any different than MSPs going out there and literally going out there and doing a search and going, hey, um, going, doing a search and saying, um, hey, I don't have an MSA. I'm going to do a Google search. MSP MSA, yeah, and they find down the street or in another state or even another country, okay, 
and then they and they download it, they copy it, they change it from you know, you know, North Carolina to Florida, and they paste it and they go, that's my MSA. It doesn't, they're not even the same state, the same rules don't apply. There's so much wrapped around that, but yeah. they're doing this. It's the same ignorance happening on both sides. And on the insurance company, we're literally seeing this stuff because there's not, there's obviously no case law wrapped around a big chunk no. of this stuff, right? It, you know, it's, it's like, like the auto it's like auto generating a privacy policy right you can go online and you can actually find you know tools online that you plug in certain data and it'll generate a privacy policy for you to put a link on your website uh yep. this so so to the to the insurance question i will say that i don't believe it's insurance companies don't, carriers per se don't know what they're doing obviously insurance is all about um taking on risk that has the, and you look at the portfolio, like what are the ones that I actually have to pay out claims, right? And if your portfolio risk is too high, then you've got to, you know, balance that portfolio out with the dollars coming in, knowing you will have some claims. I think the bigger problem, and this is more in the agent side of this space, is that, you know, a lot of agents represent more than one carrier, right? And what I've seen that's kind of crazy is I've seen questionnaires that are different coming from two different agents representing the same carrier. So I think yep. that's where I'm, that's where my big concern is right now is, and I think as MSPs, this is where we have to really collaborate because the questions aren't all the same across questionnaires, but they're being, they come in, they come into play with two different versions, regardless of what the questions are. One version is they're asking the questions just to identify what sort of risk exposure am I taking on if I take you on as a client. And the other questionnaire is, I'm determining whether or not you will even get insurance from us. So those, and it's hard to tell because the questions can be the same on, on, on both questionnaires, but for different purposes. The, the big challenge I believe that we have to take to the insurance carriers, and I t- we totally went off on a tangent here, but that that is how do we as MSPs look at these questionnaires and go, are these questions that I should be answering with my clients as an MSP, regardless of whether or not they have or don't have cybersecurity insurance, that they should be doing the things that are in these questionnaires? Because I think that's where the bigger opportunity is, is that it's not the questions that are good or bad. It's that we should be doing what most of these questionnaires have in them with our clients. And now that the questionnaires are coming out, it's an opportunity because they know they have to do it and we're not the ones telling them anymore. Well, you're you're exactly right. We now no longer are the bad guy. We now absolutely bad guy when it comes to security. Um, we have the the chance, probably probably one. I don't want to say once in a lifetime chance, but definitely once in a very long time that we have the ability to actually do some education with our clients. It's funny you said what you said about insurance. I I do IT for an insurance company. And I sat down with them, I don't know, early spring, and I was talking to them and saying, we need to move you to a different plan. You know, we need to add these layers of security in place, blah, blah, blah. They were resistant, didn't really want to move. You know, same, same response we get from 90% of all MSP clients out there, right? They went to an insurance seminar that you know because they're you know they're in this industry they have to do condition uh uh education you know and they showed up and guess what 
almost bullet point to bullet point, the stuff I was talking to them about, they were asking them, are you doing the stuff? And if yeah. you're not, you need to be. And right. I get a call. I literally get a call from when he's at the seminar going, we'll talk when we get back. <laughs> Isn't that the same as vendor requiring MFA? Like when a vendor actually says MFA is now required, you don't want to really be the MSP that's going to a client and say, oh, by the way, we're turning on MFA because your vendor is requiring it. Like I really want yeah. it to be that I'm having a conversation that says to your point where we started this whole conversation at the beginning, the baseline security for all of our clients in our portfolio is that all systems that support MFA have it enabled and enforced. And if they have systems that can't be MFA, is there an alternative that we can work with you to switch or migrate away from what you're on to support that? Or even in some cases with vendor management, like, hey, we went to the vendor and they said, oh, yeah. All you had to do is ask. We turn this on for any client that wants it, but most of our clients don't. So we just leave it off. Well, you're exactly right. I, I, you know, we're now to the point that things are changing so fast. And it's funny saying that from the technology world, right? Right. Technology fast, but it's, it's even changing faster than I think it, you know, than I, if I'm saying it's changing fast, it's changing faster than it normally changes. So it's on warp speed right now. Right. And, it's not, it's not technology stuff that's really doing it. It's, it's stuff that I don't think as MSPs, most MSPs are good at it. And it's, and it's compliance, it's insurance. It's, it's all the people that should have been in the game 20 years ago, jumping in now that have no idea what has been done over the last 20 years. And they're, you know, they're beating on the chest saying we're here to fix this or we're here to help, you know, it's like, Dude, the house burned down. Thanks for showing up with a water hose. You know, it's the, there is people that have been doing this for a very long time that have put frameworks in place. And I find it mind boggling that we have insurance companies out there that are writing questions. Like you said, if you're a $50 million company, do you have spam protection turn on? No, 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 no. Do you have a company? Do you have email? Yes. Do you have spam protection turn on your email? Should be it should be on that level, not at a dollar amount. And the right the, the the part the part I find amazing about that is that it's like they're walking into a world that they think that there hasn't been any thought done into this. Oh, you mean there's a framework that's been thought about for the last you know decade or more, and people have really been working on it. It's like they're completely clueless, and they're very smart people. I'm not trying to say that you know that insurance carriers out there are dumb by any means sure it's it's that there's no you're right there's no consistency and there seems to be a lack of consistency between um well between, between their a, own yeah their own staff yeah their own their own, own representatives yeah and i get it there seems to be inconsistencies and in msps and even with our own staff like sure. well, why didn't you turn that on for that person when you have it over here right i get sops are for everybody it doesn't matter but it's pretty stark when they're drastically different well and, let's go ahead i think we should end on a positive note so i want to throw this out there you brought up compliance you brought up the frameworks they've been around forever and i was thinking about that so you have, let's just use the the uh, the healthcare, the, the Privacy Act, you know, came out in the 90s, right? And then yep. it doesn't get really any sort of teeth until 2013. So it literally went 
a very long time without seeing any sort of real updates that were, were publicly facing. You look at uh, CMMC and you look at COBIT and some of these other frameworks that hadn't seen real updates in, in a decade or more. Um, and then you go like with CIS version seven to version eight was like 18 months. And all of a sudden you're seeing all of these frameworks get actual uh, attention, like they've been dusted off and they're getting updated. And I think the reality is these frameworks now have, even though they had value before, they now have value to all of us, right? So I'm not going to get into you should use CIS versus NIST 800 or whatever you choose, but good grief, man, get a framework and follow the control set and use that to set that baseline so that your security posture isn't being measured to the to the uh, what you feel today because it's Tuesday. It's like, hey, this is a framework that I can say, hey, you can go look this up. And this is an industry approved model for securing your business and to help me help you with gaining that evidence to support that. Now, where do you want your business to really be? Because when I say I'm asking you to implement MFA across all of your devices, or I want to encrypt drives as the client, why are you pushing back so hard to say, I don't care? Because the reality is you do. It's, I mean, you're 100% correct. Pick, pick a framework. If it's a dartboard and you throw a dart, I, it doesn't matter. They're all good. Right. Some are harder I, than others to follow, but yeah. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, they both all say almost exactly the same thing in different layers. Correct. Okay? Some are easy to follow. Some are harder to follow, but I get it. Um, HIPAA is a, but if you follow HIPAA, you're right. It took a long time before there was teeth in HIPAA, right? Right. I think we're seeing the same thing. We're just seeing it on the opposite. We're seeing it on another layer now. We're seeing it, you know, we're seeing the beginning stages of teeth on another, another standard out there that's going to affect a larger portion of the population yep. of businesses than, you know, well, I'm not healthcare. I don't care about him. I mean, if you took this analogy and said, you know, you said security, I was thinking this, I'm driving, by the way, I'm sure people can tell, but I was just only in, only when you hit the little things on the sides that says that you're not watching where you're going. <laughs> exactly the buzz. But <sighs> the point is, is that I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the car in front of me, I bet has an airbag. Okay. I bet it's standard equipment. I bet if you had the option to choose airbags in your car or not choose airbags in your car, there is a portion of the population go, you know what? I'm not going to spend the dollar. <laughs> for that airbag that may save my life. It's not any different than we're dealing with businesses now that Correct. are short-sighted enough to go, I'm not going to spend that dollar that could save my business if there's an event. And where the point that I really am coming from is as an MSP, I believe it is our job to provide the best security the best framework that we work with to help our clients make that decision when they are unwilling, incapable, and they are short-sighted enough to un not understand that how much risk they're putting their business in. And if I lose businesses because they are unwilling to take that guidance, I'm okay with that. I want businesses that understand that I have their best intentions at heart, regardless of the personalities involved. And 
as MSPs, I, I think we need to be a leader in the industry. We need to un we need to understand the risks. We need to understand the technology. We need to understand the businesses and our clients to help them walk this path. I'm not saying command and yell, you're going to have MFA and I'm turning it on right now. And but know, everyone doesn't can't get into email. So there has to be training wrapped around that. But that's 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 fair. I, I'll say this as we close wrap this up. You literally just said something that I think really articulates where we're at in this space from a security standpoint. No one questions the seatbelt in the car about putting it on. Those that do, that's, well, hopefully those are not in your client portfolio. And similarly with the airbag. So we have to take that analogy of what we've done in the car industry and apply it to cybersecurity and say, hey, there is no scenario where just not having MFA is a good idea. Now I realize that not everything supports it. That's not what I'm getting at. Like I'm not telling you not to buy the 1962 Ford F100, you know, unibody that doesn't even come with seat belts. I'm not saying that. What I am saying though is that for your safety and well-being, there's a reason why, to your point, that airbags are put in cars and that it's not optional because in fact, we are not the experts on building cars, right? We buy cars that we trust have been built by experts that actually have a safety first model in mind when they give me the keys to that car that I just bought. This yep. is no different than that. And you said it right there, safety first model in cars, security first model for MSPs. There we go, Matt. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. I think we no longer truly disagree. We just have to disagree in order to have reasons to do episodes for this podcast series. Thank you so much for those of you listening. Thanks and have a great week.